0: All right. Oh, man. <laughs> Jimmy Jimmy always gets me excited, but today I'm even more excited because we're back. We're back with part two of our fabulous interview with Tom Peters, world-famous author, of course, of In Search of Excellence and many other great books. Tom's got a great frank attitude towards everything that's going on in customer experience. And yep, now we're talking to you, Subaru. Uh, and so I want to Pick this back up again, and I want to go to this Hilton story you have. You have this is great Conrad Hilton quote, which is you know someone was he was asked I think on the Tonight Show is if if I remember the quote correctly, yeah. um, what what was the his one tip to people in terms of the, you know running a great world class hotel, and the answer was tuck the shower curtain inside the tub. So let's let me, talk to me a little bit about why you included that story in the book and what does tuck the shower curtain in the tub mean to you as you think about execution, how people fix these connections?
1: Yeah, well, let's, couple couple things. Let's talk about it. Way number one and the argument I make. I come to your hotel because of location, location, location. And you went out and you hired a famous Swiss architect, and it's a piece <laughs> of art. And that's why I come. But in any business, in nine out of ten business, nobody makes money on the first transaction. Right. You make your money on transaction 17, you make your money on the tweets that I do after I come out. I come to your hotel for location, I come back to your hotel for the shower curtain. Right. It is those little touches. That are the ones that are the memorable things. And, and, and to for in the hotel example, it's a double, double story. I come back for the for the shower curtain, but it also says the most important human beings on the hotel staff are the housekeepers. Right. And the housekeepers are usually the least respected people. Yeah, um, and the turnover is probably insanely high among housekeepers. The research says that in the course of a visit, statistically, the housekeeper makes more eye-to-eye contact with the guest than anybody else on the staff. Which, which right. kind of makes sense. So, you know, on every dimension, both from the delivery of the service by who delivers it uh, to the fact that. That's, you know, that, that's the two-cent candy. That's right. that's what I remember. This place was, you know, really, really ship-shape. And that for all of us, that became 10 times more significant, you know, during the pandemic. You know, well, you say you're washing the damn toilets, but are you? And some hotels and other places, I didn't do much hoteling, but on two or three occasions, some of them you really had the sense by a million little touches that they really had made sure that everything
0: had you know, had been wiped down. Um, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a lifetime titanium at Marriott. Um, so I've stayed in Marriott hotels um, more than 1700 nights. Wow. Um, which and I've only been a Marriott member for 17 years, so that's about five years. So I've spent five of the last 17 years sleeping in a Marriott hotel, uh, and uh, and so I, and they're a great customer of ours at Sprinkler, great great customer. And they they use Sprinkler in all sorts of great ways. And we had a conversation with them about a week or two ago, and they were saying that one thing that they've started emphasizing is that they've always been fanatical about cleanliness, right? Um, but they've done it for they're doing it the right reasons and it's a good thing to do and people will notice eventually, but they're actually starting to highlight what they do so that people know it. Cause now people actually kind of like, could you please tell me how you do this and what are your standards and procedures? And so you're going to see, I think some of the marketing dials that people are going to be turning will change a little bit as they sort of emphasize things that people care about now for the first time. So I think that's fascinating. So, um, so what hotels do you stay at? What's your favorite hotel?
1: Well, I'm not traveling the way I used to. Uh, I, I've always been a Marriott fan, and I think it was my second book actually had a Bill Marriott endorsement on the on the back cover. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And I think he was their head of marketing. There was a guy by the name of Roger Dow, and we became close friends. And he came to my seminars and so on. And I remember when Marriott bought Ritz Carlton, where I had stayed a lot. I said to Roger, obviously, I won't repeat this because this is a family program. I said, (laughs) you just bought the Ritz Carlton. They're great. Don't F it up. (laughs) And, uh, and I, and I don't think they did. I, but, but here, here's the high-end version, which is a perfect example. Uh, I stayed the Four Seasons and I come in one time. I think this was in London, and remember with the early days of the mouse. If you wanted the mouse to work well, you put it on a r- little rubber. There was a little rubber mat under it. You remember yeah, those? I still have okay. one of those. <laughs> so I come in. So okay. I come in through Four Seasons. <laughs> yeah. And there, on next to the desk, is one of those little pads, and it says, "Tom Peters is back at the Four Seasons," or "Welcome Tom." And you know, I I can't. Well, we're not on video, Uh, but if we were on video, I saved the damn thing, you know? And it was just this little, I mean, how how the hell much does one of those things cost? Bought in volume, probably no more than a dime a piece. And and that little teeny effort was worth its weight in gold. It was a a symbol. And and, and incidentally, going way, 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 way back, if you go back in search of excellence, I think the customer service chapter starts with a four season story and i'm a lot older than you are but it was staying at this four seasons washington dc and when bob and i checked in they knew our name i mean that was the early days of information being available and they knew our name and they said welcome back yeah and you know there wasn't a long spiel about you know we whatever but that was the early it's kind of the earliest use of that stuff. And and we, you know, A, we went holy shit. B, we used it as a big story in a book. And, and right. it was just that t- here, here is my I don't know, where have I got it? To this point. And for everybody you're selling to, et cetera, et cetera. This is better than anything that's Greek. And in my opinion, it's better than Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, this is Henry Clay, the statesman courtesies of a small and trivial character are the ones which strike deepest in the grateful and appreciating heart. That is, wow. that's your, that's your business that's plan. That is I mean, gold. I just, I just, I just love, you know, beautiful. love that. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Uh, and then there's another one by Van Gogh, which is related, not as good as the first one. Let us not forget that small emotions are the great captains of our lives. And And, and what I've been writing about forever, which is a variation on that, is back in the 80s when the Japanese started beating the shit out of us in the automobiles, we had a measure of quality and it was called TGW. Things gone wrong. And literally, among other things, when you bought a car, you kept the list of your problems and so on and so forth. Uh, and it was important, and it worked, and it was a good measure. And so I flipped it, and I said today, probably starting by the year two thousand, we do a pretty decent job on quality. I'm not interested in TGWs. I'm interested in TGRs, which are things gone right, yeah. uh, the the little teeny touch that just enhances the experience. And and you know I know you know the late Clay Christensen wrote about disruptions and so on. My symbol uh you know pe- more people had a slightly technical background i put it on my cover you know the the greater than sign the yeah. one that's the okay my symbol is s greater than greater than greater than b small is greater than big wow. and that is the lesson that i try to teach every single living human being it's the small stuff you know I and, you know, I just was was writing something and I stole something from Peter Drucker. And it was, you know, something like strategy is parameters, execution is professionals. But the execution is, you know, and think, for God's sakes, if you're a sports fan or something like that. And it's remember I had a neighbor. I lived in Palo Alto and I had a neighbor whose name was Bill Walsh. And he was the. now, late Bill Walsh, Hall of Fame coach of yes, the San of Francisco course. 49ers. Yeah. And Bill was a detailed person. And when he got together his coaching staff, the coaching staff was each issued a book. And it was taking any position and breaking it down into about 80 or 90 parts. Wow. you know what what's the foot pattern were, what was that what was that movie with what's her name she won the uh, maybe I was off of the, was it michael lewis book uh, moneyball my, no 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 not the moneyball one uh, which is important too but uh the one about i think it was a, a black kid in the south that was a pulling guard anyway oh
0: yeah i you know, what you know mean. i don't yeah i don't i don't know the, the, the title The point yeah. was
1: that this was like the Walsh thing You know, this young man to become a pulling guard learned 500 things and it made neurosurgery look like small change. And it was all those teeny little bits of execution. And relative to the customer thing I'm talking about, those TGRs, whether it's the candy, whether it's the mouse pad, um, you know, whether it's the USAA guy who is happy to talk about, you know, whatever. And, And it's just screw big. I have zero interest in big that's awesome relative, relative to your clients for example one version of that yeah and yes i'm old but i don't think this is an old remark i said i am quite sure technology will turn the world upside down in unimaginable ways in the next 20 years which is what we all write about but guess what first i gotta make it to tomorrow morning (laughs) and technology is not going to turn the planet upside down within the next 24 months. I mean, things, advances will be made and the advances will be fast and some of them will be significant, but it's, you know, focus on taking what you've got and making it a teeny bit better every day and those small touches and try to make it through the end of the day. If you have a great day, you know, that's the way that's, that's life. And I just get nauseated when I hear words like strategy disruption, you know, it's all bullshit. What isn't bullshit. Look at it this way. And I've done some podcasts with the book and yours is not the first one, but the point yep. is, uh, I've been doing professionally whatever I've been doing for about 50 years. I've worked very hard, I've tried to do my best, and so on. Uh, my entire life on Earth as a human being for the half hour we're together is, and, you know, I'm doing this with video. You know, I know it's going to be an audio transition, but I'm looking at you my whole life. Is making this half hour as much as as good as I can possibly make it. That's all I care about. I mean, right. obviously, stay in the um, moment. Dialed yeah. with COVID nineteen, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, it's the in the moment stuff, but it's and the in the moment stuff done best can totally be translated into the business experience, which is precisely what the hell you're talking about. It's you know all of life has been leading to this morning's conversation, and that's an honest statement. This is all I got. All I've got relative to the things I care about, all I've got is this effing half hour with you. And frankly, it doesn't matter whether you're a good guy, which I think you are, or you're a jerk. This is the half hour.
0: Right, right, I love the way you're thinking about that. I think
1: that's what you're trying to, you know, what we're trying to do with the software and so on and so forth, is make, make make that next micro action memorable.
0: Yeah, it applies to personal relationships too. You know, my you know my girlfriend is, I you know we do lots of things, and I you know there's lots of things that we've done together, and I've done for her. But the thing that she tells her friends is that I bring her coffee every morning. Yeah. That's the Absolutely. thing. i was like that. That's it. <laughs> really, like that. Is yeah. that all? No, that's not all. That's not all, right? They, you, there's other things you've got to deliver. Lots of other things as well. But that's a way. It's it's one of those like you know. There's this word microaggression. We need an opposite word for that. Like this micro. It's a micro. Um, I don't know micro benefit. You know micro pleasure. or micro something. We got to come. I'll, I'm going to play with this a little bit more because I think you're onto something. Huge. Here. Yeah. You know, and I love the hotel business. You know, I'm, not, um, I'm
1: not sure we want to use the word micro. I agree with you. Okay. But we want we want a richer word. Uh, okay. I mean, maybe you name it for what it is. It's a it's a coffee cup moment. That's a lot more memorable than you know, or it's a yeah. shower curtain moment. It's a but make it real, you know. And,
0: yeah, that's well, I know. Well, the the other it's
1: thing, really thing it's is it's it's huge. Uh, you guys write a lot of code. Yes, a lot. <laughs> I am not interested in what you are saying to me unless you will demonstrate to me that forty percent minimum of the people writing code are women. Dance, you want all touches? Women. There's a woman who wrote a book which made me nauseated because I lived in the valley, and it's—I think her name is—it's not uh, uh, Emily Chang, maybe. It's called Brotopia, and the book is Brotopia: book, yeah. colon, Breaking the Boys' Club of Silicon Valley. But what she says relative to Facebook at one point, and this is a really key word, she said, "If thirty percent." of people writing code at Facebook had been women, there would have been a different sensibility to the code that was written. And I think sensibility in that sentence is one of the most powerful words in the English language. Uh, But if you're doing something like this, women are more attentive to these cues. Uh, You know, you and I run through them without a thought, Uh, but you know, I, I remember when you we were talking about hotel rooms, I was reading something about cleaning hotel rooms. Women, women's number one attention piece in a hotel room, which is brilliant in retrospect, is the channel changer, whatever the, you know, the control thing for your TV, because that's the goddamn thing that everybody frigging touches over and over and over again. And whether it's pneumonia, COVID or whatever else it happens to be, and it's, and, and I don't know whether it's women involved or not. There are a couple places I've been, hotels, where the little box was in a, you know, was was in a had been put in a little plasticized thing, and the plasticized thing had been stapled, which, is, you know, to suggest that we had paid attention to the sanitary nature of that.
0: Yeah, the only time I've ever seen that was at a Best Western near Mount Shasta. This, it was this kind of like almost like a log cabin type of hotel and not super high end but we went in the room and they had special controllers that were already microbacterially protected or something there were no raised buttons it was just a clean surface so it was easy to clean and they put it in a bag sealed it and they said you know we we sterilized this thing before we put it in the bag. And it was, it was a game changer. I must say, cause I always, I'm always covering everything in Purell when I get into a room and I have Lysol spray and yeah. spray everything down and stuff. But it was really nice to see someone had done that. So I want to give you one last hotel quote. And then I want to, I'm going to, I got to, I got to wrap. Cause, uh, uh, and by the way, the book you're thinking of or the movie you're thinking of is the blind side. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. So I just kind of, so here's, here's one of my favorite hotel quotes. So I'm a big fan of the Waldorf Astoria hotel and I've stayed there many, many times. And I love the history of it. Um, there's a book, um, on a book. There's a story from Gourmet Magazine uh, called The Night at the Waldorf, which is an incredibly romantic story about uh, someone named Bud Ince uh, proposing to his bride and how the Waldorf sort of made it very magical. And because it was in Gourmet Magazine, obviously, there's a food piece to it. But you can you can walk through, maybe it's under renovation now, but before they closed the Waldorf, you could walk the halls of the Waldorf and relive that story and be looking at the yeah. same walls and the same <clears throat> staircases and stairwells that he looked at um but when the waldorf was built uh it was called astor's folly uh it was actually aster uh, william astor and um, henry Bolts who built the hotel and was, sometimes they called it bolt's folly and sometimes they calls it astor's folly and back then i often remember, this is very common back in the late 1800s and early 1900s to call something like insert name folly it was like there's this yeah. bridge in toronto that connects the two sides of the city that Without that bridge, the city wouldn't like exist. Really, that was called whatever names folly. Like th- that was a very common thing to do as a way of mocking someone's you know ambitions. And so William Astor's uh, built this hotel uh, next to his residence. It was called Astor's Folly, uh, and he was the first hotelier to put uh, rugs in the lobbies, which you know, we kind of take for granted now. But no one had put no one ever put rugs in 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 lobbies yeah. before. And and so someone came to him once and said. Aren't you worried that the rug is going to wear out? And William Master had one of the most brilliant replies I've ever heard. And he goes, well, Am I worried or that the rug is going to wear out? He says, mm, No, I think I'm more worried that it may not wear out. Aha. <laughs> uh-huh. <Brilliant>. Awesome. <laughs> you know, I just love that. I love so that. Let's, let's I, end I
1: with going to return let's, all of these small things. One other. Uh, Waldorf Astoria story, but unfortunately has a negative sign as opposed to a positive sign. Uh Uh, And I wish I could remember the name of the other hotel because I ought to give them the credit. Uh, My son was a rollerblader. Okay. And one time my wife and I went to the Waldorf Astoria and he wore his rollerblades to bed, for God's sakes. And they were appalled that anybody would wear rollerblades in the lobby of the Waldorf Astoria mm-hmm. and they didn't you know, him take him off. So this other place, damn it. It's a, it's a middle-sized hotel. It's not $2,000 a night. It's reasonably priced. And I had been there a couple of times. And so the next time I went to the hotel and my wife was there with, with, uh, with Ben uh, we went there and Ben had his rollerblades and they said, ah! said, come on in, see if you can see how fast you can make it to the other corner of the, you know, nice. over to the door of the dining room. And and I have always called it, and it goes back to the, you know, my version of, you know, the Astro thing. I've always sub- subsequently called it the Rollerblade Hotel. Uh, <laughs> and, and that is what you, A, you remember, and B, you tell every person in the world, and C, in the days of social media, you tweet it to a jillion people or whatever your platform is. Those are the memorable things. And the important part back to shower curtains or back to whatever we were talking about before is you can name it. You can name it. It's important to have it be the roller blade experience. Right. Um, right. Right.
0: Right. Well, and it's, and I think- there's
1: another, there's another key part Well, I mean, there a million things we haven't talked about, but the other really key part. And I think the Ritz Carl Ritz Carl was part of this is giving the people at the front line, the power to act.
0: That's where I was going at, in a second. Yeah. that
1: totally the we, we, That's Carlton, the problem. Yeah. At the Ritz-Carlton, a, to the best of my knowledge, and Horst Schulte is not running it anymore or what have you, and maybe it's in the past, but there was a period of time where any staff member, from a junior housekeeper to whomever, could settle a guest problem with something as high as a $1,000 certificate. Hmm. And empowering, you know, employees to—I mean, it's—it's just—it's—it's it's worth its weight in gold.
0: And this is the process failure that a lot of companies run into. I had a—I had a bizarre experience on Delta. I'm a—I'm a Delta 360 flyer, so I, I fly Delta a lot. And I love Delta, but they do have a rule about cutting off when your bags can get checked, and it's 45 minutes, and not right. minutes and 52 seconds, which is what it was for me. It's 45 minutes, and I was literally seconds late. And the gate agent couldn't get my bag on, no matter what she did, couldn't get an override. And the airport was empty. You could see the plane. Like it was like no problem yeah. getting the bag on. And the plane was half was half empty as well, but she just couldn't do it. And ultimately I ended up staying the night at that um, airport and had to fly out the next day. And what's interesting for me is the level of frustration that she had. I was, I was frustrated, but you know, it's like, it is what it is. I, I try not to get so super upset about things. Cause it's just, life's too short. Um, but she tried so hard and the company made it so difficult for her to do something yep. easy for me. And I'm a 360. So you'd think that uh, you could bend a couple rules to let me get on the plane. And what was fascinating is at the end of it, because she tried so hard, I had these little certificates I get as a frequent flyer where you can give them a Sort of a they get their own frequent flyer miles. It's like a yeah. reward and they register this. So so I think there's some kind of measure in the company of how many of these certificates you get as a measure of your customer service. So I gave her one of these and she picked it up for me and she looked at it. She'd been working for a while. This is what not her first day in the job. And she looked at it and she said, Wow, I've I've never gotten one of these before. Cause she's a gate agent, right? Because it's, yeah, it's, the, it's the people on the plane that get them normally and i said well you tried really hard and she actually did a really great job of getting me booked into the twa hotel which ended turned into an epic experience so it all worked out great and then and then she said to me she said you know i just want to thank you for not yelling at me
1: yeah <laughs> like,
0: yeah wow. like part of my heart just got crushed when she said that can you imagine having a job where you have to thank people for not oh, yeah. yelling
1: at you yeah. and it, but it, well, I, I will tell you me. i'll tell you a related story which which is which has to do with you as the customer. I was speaking probably in Texas and the noon speaker, she was out of office, was Ann Richards. Mm. And I don't remember what the topic was, but I will never forget this one as long as I live. And you triggered it with the airplane thing. Yeah, mechanical delay, Mm. flight gets canceled or hugely delayed. And at the gate, in her example, which may not be as much the truth today, but it doesn't make any difference. So there are 40 people in line trying to get their flight changed. And she said, finally, you work your way up to the front of the line. She said, here's what you must remember. There are 7 billion people on earth, and at this particular moment, Brad is the only one of the seven billion who can help you, right? And she said, "You know, take that attitude in, and and it's exactly what you were right, right, right,
0: right, right.
1: Yeah, I had, I had, I had your experience just a few days ago. Um, We have a really lovely restaurant, and uh, I was doing a pickup order, and it was Mother's Day, and for the first time in a year and, and a quarter or whatever, they were crowded." And needless to say, they got a little behind, which is very understandable and so on. And people, the staff were really busting their butts to make things happen. And there were a couple other people who had to pick up orders behind behind me and they were grouching and complaining. And every time a staffer went by, they said, well, is this thing making any progress? And I did just the opposite. I said, God, it's nice to see people back. I said, you guys are busting your ass. I said, my life is not going to change if I have to wait another 15 minutes. So I said it because that's what I do. So, you know, 10 minutes later, they this is exactly your point. They bring the bag out and they hand me a $100 gift certificate. Wow. And then the guy said, and by the way, I tossed in a quart of clam chowder. And their clam chowder is the best in the world. And it was all because of what you were no, talking about. I, Two people grouching totally and all relative yeah. to your woman. And the air, all I had done was, you know, what did I, I had scored well on the don't be an asshole.
0: I, the exact same ready. thing happened to me there's a place near near me called lindbergers they make amazing chicken wings like amazing chicken wings and i went in i placed the order and i said i'll come back in like 45 minutes and get it and she said oh okay great and so i came back about about an hour later I gave them an extra few minutes and that's all i did and i said hi how's it going and she goes yeah your order's ready i said "Well, oh, fantastic awesome and you know i gave her a nice tip and she said i just got to tell you you're my favorite customer and i'm like oh okay I, Oh, thank you. And, and she said, you're like the first person today that didn't come in here, place the order and then stand here and yell at me to get it to them, you get it to them, to get it to them, to get it to them. You placed the order, you left and you came back a little boy, gave me a bit extra time. She said, I just, I just love that you did that. And yeah. I gave you a bunch of, she gave me a bunch of extra sauce and some coleslaw and stuff like that. But yeah, I'm sorry. It, it's just to your comment about this, the small things, like it really, sometimes the small things are really small things. It's like, to your point, just don't be an asshole. It's like sometimes yeah. it helps you stand out from the rest of the rest of the crowd. Well, Tom, this is. Well, and, and, um,
1: and that exactly on the slightly better one than the asshole language you and I are using is that courtesies of a small and trivial character, the ones which strike, keep us putting in a <laughs> appreciating heart. I mean, that's-, yeah.
0: that's Henry Clay definitely has the language better than we do right now. It's true. Uh, I'm going to plan to get that and post it somewhere. I think there's something huge there. So Tom, this has been amazing. I've, I've learned a lot. Um, it's been a real honor to have the time with you. Um, I think we're both running late for our next meeting. So yeah. uh, I'm going to I'm gonna wrap now, but I want to thank you. Uh, for anyone who's been listening, uh, Tom's new book is called Excellence Now, extreme humanism. It's an outstanding book. It's a really well researched. There's a ton of stories in it. It's got a lot of kind of call outs. It's a great read, but it's also something you can consume in little bits. Um, I actually got the hard copy version of it because there's some really nice sort of illustrations and just the way it's put together is quite beautiful, um, but it would be you know easily consumable on a Kindle as well. So uh, Tom, good luck with the book and thanks for being on. And uh, I got so much out of this. Uh, you've given me a lot of great fodder for the next a few weeks as I think about what we do at Sprinkler to encourage people to create small acts of kindness, which is um, a wonderful way of thinking about things.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, the pleasure has been mine. I enjoyed have enjoyed the exchange immeasurably. It's been good fun. So All thank right. you.
0: Well, for the CXN experience, I'm Grad Khan, Tom Peters, and we will uh, see you next time.